What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. Baby, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Had a long weekend traveling. Driving is for the birds. You uh, make your way over to that lonely local Oklahoma? Uh, it's past Oklahoma. I went down to weak-ass Dallas. <laughs> oh, my, my future hometown, huh? No, good luck. <laughs> I, and that's so funny that you say that I'm actually going to be in Dallas tomorrow uh, So People love Dallas I'm just not a huge fan of Dallas It's cool Man, I, Dallas is one of those places where I like to visit I wouldn't want to live there Like I like to go and then leave Well count me Count me as part of the people that love Dallas So <laughs> uh, Speaking of that The Dallas Cowboys play tonight uh, It's going to be Rocking and rolling Well I guess not in Dallas The game's in New York So I'm going to say anything <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm praying that the Giants can pull an upset off. I am going to go to a Mavs game Wednesday mm-hmm. against the Orlando Magic. I'm going to go to the Stars game tomorrow against Colorado Avalanche. So I'm going to utilize Dallas to the fullest. Yeah, that Mavs-Orlando game might be pretty cool. I mean, you get to see right? uh, get to see some talents. Fultz starting now. He ain't doing shit, but he's starting. But, yeah, man, it might be a good game. Luka. So I'm excited for that. Um Let's get to a couple things. This was actually a pretty interesting weekend in sports. And for those of y'all that don't, uh, or maybe new to the program, we kind of bounce around. Um, we talk about a little of this, talk about a little of that. Um, Willie Taggart, <laughs> fired by Florida State uh, after a year and a half. Now, true enough, they're getting their brains beat in week in, week out. But I don't think people realize how bad of a program Florida State had become, even in Jimbo Fisher's last couple years there. And we all know black coaches don't get the, they're not afforded the same um, time frame that, that the rest of, that, that the rest of, uh, you know, college football is afforded. So you think this is Willie? Now, true enough, he wasn't doing so hot at Oregon. Uh, I don't really know what to make of Willie Taggart right now. Nah, man. You know, usually I'm on the bandwagon, fight for everything black. <laughs> but that team was terrible, bro. They be getting their ass beat. Like, head beat in. Like, it's a you can lose and then show some progression. Like, even with Jimbo, they were competitive in games, but they were losing. You know what I'm saying? They just been getting blown out these last year and a half. Like, it started last year, at the beginning of the last year, and it had not gotten better. They're not showing any progress. And for a program like Florida State, you're in Florida, a hotbed of recruiting. You're getting, you had talent on the roster before you left there because they were getting, even though Jimbo was losing, they were getting top top 10 classes, top five classes. So how can you come in and take over that program and do so badly? That's just bad coaching. I'm not saying Jimbo was a good coach. He didn't deserve a job either. But, man, Willie Taggart didn't deserve to stay. Um, uh, I think it's a way overdue, <laughs> I mean, personally. They haven't looked good I'm, at all. Now you're going to start affecting recruiting classes, and you don't want to get behind because now it takes longer to rebuild. I wish. You know, for me, it's one of those things like looking at uh, Arkansas and Chad Morris. You got to pull. Like, for me, this Willie Taggart thing, I'm with you. Like, usually I support everything black, right? But for me, it's not a good fit. You got to pull the plug, get on out of here because it's one thing to lose, right? Like what Chip Kelly's doing. I get it. We got to see what, what things look like with your guys, but Chip, that UCLA has been kind of competitive this year. Arkansas, uh, Florida state have not been competitive in two years under their, or a year and a half under these new coaches. Um, I disagree. You know, I disagree 50. about Arkansas though. 
I mean, I think with Arkansas, you got to give him some leash. You got to give him, you got to give him a longer leash. And it's is what but I. But you can't be losing to everybody fifty to fourteen. Nah, but you I but mean, you but you got to rebuild too. Like when you say you got to have your guys, you do have to understand. Number one, when he first got there, he didn't have his guys. You guys had bad recruiting classes under Billima. Billima wasn't bringing in the talent that he need. He definitely wasn't even bringing in the talent for Chad Morris's offense. So more than having a coaching change, you guys had a system change with players that didn't fit his system at all, from offensive linemen to receivers to quarterbacks all across the board. Y'all played last year, it's a terrible season. So normally you would want your coach to build off the second season. The problem was y'all had like 27 people transfer. So even the people that you built with and coached up last year, they're not even there anymore. Most of the people that played last year didn't play. But he did bring in a quality recruiting class this year. The recruiting class that he brought in has shown signs of having talent. So you have to give him another year with a second recruiting class and for the talent that he brought in this year to get better. There's like three receivers, a tight end. Um, quarterbacks are trash, but those weren't really recruited. KJ was the only recruited quarterback. But as far as the offensive talent that he brought in, now the defense, I can't speak on that. But even if you brought in three and four-star cornerbacks, it takes them a year or two, even if they start, to get going. You have to give him more time. And I, th- I think my biggest problem is John Chavis. He wasn't good at Texas A&M. He ain't good at Arkansas. Um, you know, we talked about it. We don't have to linger on this too long. You think Lane Kiffin ends up at a Power 5 conference or Mike Norvell ends up at a Power 5 conference because Memphis is rocking and rolling. Uh, Norvell is a hot coach. Um, Lane Kiffin isn't exactly dead down at Florida Atlantic. He's been doing very well. Do you think we see his name start? And also, USC is probably going to come open as well. They got their brains beat in by Oregon this year. Now, we know Oregon is the, the, the cream of the crop in the Pac-12, but yeah. USC has been bad for a few years now. Yeah, and that before we touch... Before I go there, I'm telling you, Oregon is legit. Their only loss is the Auburn. We talked about this, I believe, last week or week before. Oregon is a legit continue to make the football playoff um, because they beat Utah already, right? I believe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they played Utah yet. I'm not sure. Okay, but I but the only loss is the SEC team, man. They only lost even if Auburn gets three losses, their only loss is to a SEC team the first game of the season. That's an early, early loss. They've looked spectacular since then. They, they they have a higher strength of schedule than even if OU come out undefeated. So it'll be interesting what's going to happen. I think Oregon's going to get in. And they got a, and they got a star quarterback. So it's, do you want to go with Jalen or do you want to go with – I don't, can't never remember that kid's name. But to answer who your did, other – Who did Oklahoma lose to? Kansas State. Oh, they out. Yeah. If it comes down yeah. to it, I mean, I don't see how you, you take Oregon out. You know what I mean? Because yeah. Oregon has a higher – But you've got one loss, Georgia. Yeah. You've got – but Georgia's Florida. Yeah, but Georgia. Problem with Georgia is one of those SEC teams are gonna have to. I guess the only way. Well, Georgia's a candidate because if Georgia wins, and then I guess Alabama's undefeated, or but, LSU. Uh, LSU still has to play Bama this Alabama. week. So one of them has to have a loss. So I'm saying the the best case scenario for the SEC to try to get two would be um, Bama to beat LSU, and then go and Georgia beats Bama. That's Correct. the only way you would have two teams with one loss. Or, Otherwise, or LSU, if if Alabama Alabama could not make it, LSU and Georgia could easily get in. Yeah. Um. If yeah, I guess LSU comes out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying because because LSU and Bama have to play each other. So either Bama's going to give LSU a second loss this week, which pretty much takes them out of the conversation, or if LSU LSU's undefeated. Oh yeah, I thought. Why do I think? Oh, they're, they're number one in the country yeah, right now. I'm tripping. Yeah, that'd be one loss. So, yeah, that gets, it gets interesting because one of those teams, 
both those teams could have one loss in the West and one of them not make the SEC championship game. Yeah. All right. Let's uh. Oh, but to answer ball. your question, Lane Kiffin will get another try. Both those coaches are going to be high commodities because every team is looking for a quick turnaround. Teams don't want to wait two and three years anymore. Hey, you might see Les Miles' name pop up too, so we'll see about that. Um, all right, man, let's get to the uh, NFL. College football, you had the top three teams off. Nothing really happened other than uh, Florida getting their second loss of the season to Georgia, as we mentioned. Um, so let's get to the NFL. 49ers are the only remaining undefeated team um and they you know they tried to give it away to the cardinals uh cardinals definitely look a lot better than i thought they would uh you know at the beginning of the season but um san francisco Francisco, that defense is for real um i'm still not a believer in jimmy garoppolo uh (laughs) we'll see um, you know, he's but 8-0. They, they have a monstrous run game, though, and then that's what Arizona tried to do. Arizona tried to stop that run game, and he he's good enough to pass if you put everything in on the run. You give him some one-on-one coverages, he usually struggles with those complex defenses stopping the pass. But their running game is so efficient and so good, you can't play the pass, really. So they're just trying to stop the run game, and then it leave easy lanes. He can get that. He can make those plays, so... I don't know how teams are going to stop that three-headed monster they got back there and, you know, play the uh, play the passing game, especially now that they got Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, now that definitely makes their offense a lot more dynamic. Um, I'm, I, I'm really interested in the NFC this year. The AFC, I don't really know what to make of that. Not a lot going on. The Colts, if Jacoby Brissett has to miss a significant amount of time, that's probably done it for them, especially with Houston rolling like they are. Um and now Oakland back in the wild card hunt for that, uh, you know they they've got the tiebreaker over Indianapolis for that for that wild card race. Um, then you know Buffalo's probably going to be a wild card team as well. Um, so if Jacoby Percent misses time, that's probably about it for them. Um, Bills rocking and rolling. They haven't really played anyone good except for uh, New England. Which again, New England. Now I'm not so sure how good they are. I'm not willing to be like, oh, we told you that the Patriots are. All I'm saying is Patriots haven't played anybody good all freaking year, and they played a good team last night, and they got their asses whooped. Yeah, I, I mean, I've real, I've had real concerns about that offense all season. The problem is they, the team that they played, even that you can quote-unquote thought was good at the beginning of the season, didn't have a great defense. I guess the closest one would be the Jets, but their offense was so inept that the, the defense scored all, most of the points. For New England, even when New England played the Giants, they didn't just roll. Any team that has any type of good defense or solid, you know, disciplined play, New England struggles because you can shut that run game down. That offensive line is not good. Sony Michelle is not being able to. Get, they're not creating a lot of opportunities for Sony. And then you add in the fact that their receiver core has just been demolished. They just lost Josh Gordon. You got Edelman, who do, who looks like a shell of himself. He's still making plays, but he can't make them as consistently as he did before, especially stretching the field. Sanu should be a good look. He's still picking up the system. I'm just not sold on this offense. That defense is great. Great, great defense. But what happens Well, the when, secondary is great. Their, their pass rush is just okay. I don't know. The pass rush... <laughs> that pass rush has been, you know, making some plays this season. I mean, those sack fumbles and stuff, that's been the pass for us. They got a lot of interceptions, too. And, you know, I don't care how good your secondary is. Your secondary ain't nothing if you don't got a, at least a decent pass for us. You can't let them just sit back there. I don't care how good you are. So, 
Um, after watching a bunch of the games yesterday, man, I I still have no idea what to make a lot of these teams. The Packers look like dog shit. Um, you know, I. By the way, are you uh, ready to throw in towel on the Browns yet? Twelve yeah. and four, yeah, win division, whichever one you want to call it. Nah, Freddie. Right? Freddie Kitchens is trash, man. I gotta blame this he, on Freddie Kitchens. There's no way they should be this bad. And the only thing that yeah, I can think of is Greg Williams was a better coach than Freddie Kitchens. For sure, it's on Freddie Kitchens, but Baker Mayfield is stunk. Um, he yeah. make no if answer, but he stinks. And I'm not saying I think that he's a bust or anything like that. I'm just saying he has not been good this year. He's seeing ghosts, man. I mean, when you got a bad offensive line, I mean Baker hasn't had a bad offensive line, and I don't know when because even when he played at Texas Tech, Texas Tech is built, you know, you know, to protect. That's what they do. They they have. But how's pass that help? Markers. How's that? His vision. I mean. You know, because if you think you someone's got a, a gonna dynamic. hit you every time, like nobody's like when he does sit back there, he's always moving. He's never standing still. It seems like the more time he gets, the worse he is. When you have a dynamic duo like uh, 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 Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., who excel in short game routes, one can take to the house at any point, and the other who is a possession receiver who will always move the chains, and you got a running back who can catch out of the backfield and can get five, six yards of carries or take one to the house anytime, there's no reason that this offense should be that bad. It is on Freddie Kitchens, but it's also on Baker Mayfield. Again, I, I have eyeballs, and he's been bad. I don't totally disagree. I mean, his weakness has always been heavy coverage. I mean, so that's that's one of the things I'm saying. If you're doing heavy coverage, but the line can't really create openings where you know you can get the underneath stuff or you can really run the ball effectively at all times, when they run the ball effectively with Chubb, the offense looks a lot better. But what they're doing is they're taking away the deep ball. I remember when he was at OU, the one thing the team used to do, like Iowa State, that would give him real trouble is play a cover four. Because he, he struggles in really just reading zone coverages, and he gets impatient. So what you bet on with Baker Mayfield is trying to make him impatient. Try to make take away the deep ball, force him to dink and dunk underneath, because he will get impatient, and he will throw it up for you at some point in time. So... Let's talk about the Bears. Talk about Mitchell Trubisky. He's awful. I'll give you that. He's bad. Real bad. Yeah, real bad. So, but the Bears don't have a first-round draft pick next year, and that goes to the Raiders, and that is looking like a top 10, top 15 draft pick. Um, Montgomery's looking good, though. He's looking good, but what do the Bears do from here? Because how do you address this quarterback position now? Is there going to be – does Tom Brady come there? (laughs) I mean, like – I don't think, you know, traditionally teams don't give up on, you know, quarterbacks this early. I mean, Jameis Winston's still playing. You know what I mean? Teams take it down to the final year of that contract once they... Right, but the Bears had nine yards of total offense in the first half. Yeah. And the Eagles' defense ain't exactly the 2000 Baltimore Ravens. I'm not saying they're terrible, but they definitely ain't great. Well, they they got some healthy players back in the secondary, so... I, man, I don't know, man. It's hard. In the second half, he looked a lot better. They started taking deep shots. I think a lot of what's going on is that now Nagy doesn't trust Trubisky anymore. And because he doesn't trust him, it kind of limits his growth even more. So you see him making bad decisions, but you're not even trying to let him throw the ball anymore because he's done so bad. So when you get a matchup like the Eagles, who the secondary is bad and you want to test that secondary, now the game plan is to run the ball. Now you're running into the teeth of what? is the Eagles' strength, 
and the whole offense looked sucky. In the second half, they just said, fuck it, we're going to air it out. And they started throwing the ball, and he had some success. Nagy, if Nagy doesn't trust him, they're going to have to get rid of him or get another quarterback. Because that offense can't be... Nagy is not a genius if he doesn't trust his quarterback. You know what I mean? You have to trust that the quarterback can run that offense or the offense is going to look like trash. And that hurts the defense because the defense is always on the field. You know what I mean? You got to give them a chance to rest and move the, move the ball, man. But I, I think he's a bad quarterback. I don't know what they do. They're in a bad situation, man. Unless they give away future picks or I, I don't know. Yeah, they, they I mean, they're not as in a dire situation as the Rams as far as draft picks are, go, but they're close. And at least Jared Goff is competent. I mean, you, Mitchell Trubisky looks like a kid just out of high school. Um, but I think I think Bears they did. failed with him in the beginning of the year. I didn't understand what they were doing. They were like sitting him during the preseason like he's Tom Brady. The preseason is the time where you let him air it out, you know, get out some of those mistakes, run some dips, see what he can do so you can – kind of mold the offense to his strengths they were sitting him like he's fucking tom brady like he didn't play a preseason game i don't believe so um nfl trade line was uneventful uh you know they're honestly for those of you who are new to the show we do love our football but there's a lot of football programs out there guys if y'all want to talk about football y'all listen to football if there's questions that y'all wants to answer feel free to email us feel free to let us know um but we're about to get to the meat and potatoes. Is there anything you want to talk about in the NFL before we get to the to the to the main course? Nah, man, it was a it's a boring week for me, man. Uh, I it did really like was the I like the fact, games were awful. Yeah, but I do like the fact that Lamar Jackson came in it because people really shitted on Lamar Jackson last year and his throwing and made fun of him like all rookie quarterbacks don't struggle, but they were really kind of shitting and disrespecting Lamar Jackson. I like that he came out this year and he's proven a lot of people wrong. I, I really dig that about Lamar. But you know what? And I, I don't know if this was on the last pod that we did. We had some technical difficulties last week where we couldn't get one out for you guys. We're trying to be better about that. But we talked about John Harbaugh has got to be in the conversation for Coach of the Year. Um, to make over that entire team to fit Lamar Jackson's style um, and be successful at it, I mean... The dude just adapts year in, year out, and you saw that's what made Bill Belichick has made Bill Belichick successful. Uh, and successful coaches do it. Um, and another coach, your boy John Gruden, yeah. looking like a coach of the year candidate up in Oakland. Um, that defense is grade A, pure unadulterated trash. But <laughs> that offense, top five, top ten, somewhere in there, um, best unit, one of the best units in the league. Derek Carr looks great. Oh, um, oh you're 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 feeling Derek Carr right now, huh? I'm back. You I'm back on Derek Carr, okay? <laughs> uh, he ain't losing us games. So, um, two coach of the year candidates. Uh, you know, Oakland's back in the wild card race. Baltimore looks like they're going to run. Well, uh, Pittsburgh is, is playing some good some good football, so I won't I say run them. away with that division, but they look like they're going to win that division. Yeah, I, I love – that's what I like about Harbaugh. That's what I like about Pete Carroll. Um, they're, they're, they're willing to adapt to their players. They don't just set a system and say, hey, we're going to run this system. That's really all I wanted to say about that is I, I really like the way – that Harbaugh adapts to Lamar Jackson. They don't try to make him something that he's not. And I think that's part of Matt Nagy's problem. Uh, one thing you see about uh, Nagy is he doesn't use Trubisky's legs. Okay, if he can't throw, 
Trubisky is actually athletic. You know what he's I'm saying? Athletic he, as hell. Yeah, he's not Lamar Jackson, but shit, he's not, you know, Tom Brady either. They should be using his legs a lot more. They should be using a lot more run pass options. They should be using a lot more options. You know what I'm saying? Just different dynamics of that offense. But he's being stubborn and he doesn't really want to adapt to Trubisky's skill set. Give him that RPO just like they do Nick Foles. A long time ago, people thought Nick Foles was trash until they got with Doug Peterson and they simplified the offense down to his strengths. He got $20 million off that. He won a Super Bowl. <laughs> so yeah, I mean we'll see. Uh, I think I think it's time to pull the plug on Trubisky. I mean, but then again, your playoff hopes are probably all but done. Um, but then again, your whole division lost this week, so you had a chance to gain a game, um, but they didn't do that. Thielen's so, out indefinitely. Who? Thielen, Adam Thielen with a hamstring. Oh yeah, react, with that ham- which the Vikings have been a little bit not as dynamic uh, without Thielen. And you and I have talked about it before. I think Thielen is by far the best receiver in that offense. Um, I like Diggs. I don't think he's as good as Thielen. Thielen goes out, and Diggs has one reception for 12 yards. Exactly. So, all right, man, let's get to the NBA. Uh, We are in week three, finally, of the NBA season. Uh, You kind of get an idea of who teams are or what they're becoming. I mean, really, the season doesn't start till Christmas. But um, for those of you guys who – are looking at some uh, maybe you got the the league pass you've been jumping around um, there's a lot going on man there's a there's a ton going on so I want to talk about a couple things well first you um, got to start off with the the, the rumble between Cat and B also that that looked like Alonzo Mourning and Larry Johnson or yeah all that's missing is somebody hanging on one of Cat's <laughs> legs now Ben Simmons put put your boy in a crippled crossface and yeah. uh, tapped him out I don't know how he got away with that man. <laughs> I mean, he called him a peacemaker. I mean, he was t- he was choking my man out. Yeah, like how are you going? How are you trying to be a peacemaker by laying on the ground and choking him? Like, why'd you get on his back to hold him down? It'd be different if I'm his teammate, but I'm an opposing team. You know, and B said he was going to tone down trash talking this year, but that took all the four or five games for that not to happen. So yeah, they uh, they, they both were being very very dramatic. You know, oh, uh, no flopping. Doubt. Oh my god, he hit me and all this. Like. I don't know. These big men today are soft, but I don't want to say that because, like I said, we just said the big men in the 90s, too, were the same way. Big men fights are always horrible, except for, uh, what was your boy, uh, Chocolate Thunder? <laughs> uh, oh, Daryl Dawkins. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Man, so there's a couple surprises in the league. A, the Kings look like trash, and I thought they were going to be a fringe playoff team, and they look like the Kings, uh, and I, I'm mad that they, that I put any faith in them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really, really disappointing because I've been having faith in the Kings. And if you listen to this podcast for the past two years, we've been talking up the Kings just for them to come out and look like the damn Kings again. That doesn't help that Marvin Bagley got hurt because he was a big piece of that offense, and a lot of for offense sure. was going to go through him. So losing Marvin Bagley, lose they lost a lot of dynamics um, on that offense. You can you can see it, but. They've added Rashawn Holmes, who looks good, but I mean they're gonna have to do something because Bogdanovich, they they have to trade him, man. He yeah. they they want him to be the start of second union, but he wants to start. He's visibly not even giving the energy. Fox, yep. he's good, but Fox is John Wall. We talked about it before. Uh, but he has one speed. He goes. He can score and get buckets for himself, but he can't consistently get everybody else involved. Buddy Hill's the same way. It's like they're good and they're all talented. 
But they're all like isolation one-on-one players is for themselves. There's no good ball movement. It doesn't look like it's fun for other players to play with them. That system just doesn't work for them. We'll see. It's early in the season. I, I'm i willing to give Luke, Wal- Luke Walton some time. I mean, that system is something that, you, you know, it's going to take – point guards take a minute to learn a new system. So, you know – I'm, I'm just I'm saying it, it just doesn't look yet. like they're having fun. That's my biggest point. It's, I mean, it's, that's that's true. That's my problem. Uh, you know who doesn't look like they're having a ton of fun right now? The Utah Ooh. Jazz. Uh, Ooh, that's spe- a tough transition. Another team. Specifically, we Mike Conley, who has been uh, an atrocity this year, which is shocking. I, I figured it would take him a little bit to get going. Um, and, you know, like I said, the, we're not even 20 games in the season. We're, we're 7, 10, whatever it is. Um, but... If you if you're a jazz fan or if you're if you're looking at the jazz you pick the jazz you gambling degenerates you starting to get a little shaky because ugh uh, Mike Mike Conley is looking like uh, you know a, a very inefficient version of he looks like Donovan Mitchell <laughs> so you but know, I mean kind of flip flopped to be fair um, he did miss what a whole year last year and then before two that two years ago two years no, yeah last Mike Conley played all year last year. Mike Conley didn't play all of year last year, did yes, he? Yes, he did. Really? Yep, played the whole season. He you didn't sure play two years that? ago. That's how we got uh, Jaron Jackson. Oh, okay, but he played last year? Played last year. Oh, shit. Never mind. The Grizzlies were just that bad. No, I don't even remember him, I don't even remember him playing. I don't watch basketball. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, I mean he's he's having trouble scoring and a lot of what he's a lot of a lot of what he's struggling with is another ball-dominant guard in Donovan Mitchell. So he's trying to find the balance in getting Donovan Mitchell his shot and, you know, knowing when to get his shot. Because one thing about being at the Grizzlies, he's never played with another guard beside him that was a scoring threat that he needed to get the ball back. Well, not even just another guard, another person who create their own shot. Um, you know, Mike Miller, Shane Battier, which Rudy Gay. Well, Rudy Gay, but that yeah. was, I mean, that was almost but that's a decade still a, ago. That's still you a know. small forward spot, and you kind of just give it to Rudy Gay. They took turns, so whenever you need to score, Mike can go. But it was never like he was responsible to distributing and getting the ball to everybody. Yeah, Usually he's, Mike, he's an old school point guard, and yeah. he hasn't had anyone that, that that is even. I mean, Vince Carter wasn't that at that point in his career. Um, yeah, I mean. And that's kind of something I've been talking about. That it's going to take Mike a while to adjust to having the ball in his hands. I still like this Utah team. Um, I think they need a little more out of Royce O'Neal, or they need to start Joe Ingles in, in his place. I get why they, you know, don't want to do that with he, him and Bogdanovich on the floor at the same time. You know, Royce O'Neal's there for a little bit of a defensive presence, but they got to figure something out if if they're if it's still going to go this way. I don't know why they just don't start Jeff Green. I mean, I know, I know you don't like Jeff Green. You don't because he he's Jeff Green. Nobody yeah. likes Jeff Green. Yeah, but I mean, he he shows flashes. He I mean, he does more than Royce O'Neal. You know, what I mean? shows he gives you flashes. A, Jeff Green's got to be thirty six years old, and he still and excuse me, and he still gives you more than Royce O'Neal. I think Royce O'Neal <laughs> has like in what all five of the games a total of like nineteen points, <laughs> like three assists. Like he does nothing. I guess if he's really a defensive stopper out there, but he's not shutting down any four men. I ain't, I'm not seeing people aren't scared that, you know, they're playing against Royce O'Neal. He's not Patrick Beverly. I don't see Royce O'Neal's impact besides running the floor. He would be a lot better with the second unit because Joe Ingles is more of a playmaker than like looking for other people. I mean, I know Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell can get their own shot, but as of right now, Joe Ingles seems like he's the best point guard on the roster. Right. Um, couple things i want to talk about 
I'm wondering when, I'm wondering when you're gonna give my boy some respect. Who? The Heat. You disrespected him so much in the offseason. My boy's coming out five and one. <laughs> All right. Let's make sure you keep it on the docket. Okay. We'll we'll get to them. Cause I I'm gonna get to these. Okay. The, I'm gonna get to the inferior con- the conference of less in a minute. Uh, okay. Uh I wanna talk about Kawhi Leonard. Two things. Hmm. Load management in the first what half of the season quarter of the season come on man yeah it's getting out of, did you hear did you see the um little clip from Fitzdale about uh-huh. RJ Barrett oh I, I did I, yeah. and I'm gonna get to that okay. we're gonna talk about Fitz well I just wanna uh, talk well not Fitz I wanna talk about this low management thing it's just getting out of hand because Fitz has been taking a lot of heat now he, he should be taking a lot of heat for a lot of shit but one thing he should not be taking heat for is playing RJ I think RJ's averaging like 38 minutes a game yeah, but but forty one minutes. At, come on, man. Like now, we bro, know that that's yeah. Why? I, you got to get your reps. I get it, but you can't run these cats into the ground. Why not? That's the whole point we're talking about with low men. The dude's what nineteen years old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so but Ronald. Knowing what we know now, I listen. I'm not saying like sit RJ, but if you down twenty, like you know what I mean. Like bring bro, him, bring his minutes down to thirty five. You know what I mean. Like thirty eight nah. minutes is a lot. Nah, let him let him roll. I mean, he got talent. You want him to learn? If no, put him out there. Because if you're gonna lose this season, you want him to lose under fire. How many minutes you think? You think LeBron was coming in playing 28 minutes, 30 minutes? They weren't managing LeBron's load when he All came I'm in. Is that's big stream? <laughs> but Kawhi to be missing game for anybody to be missing games. Like I mean, like Russell Westbrook isn't gonna play today. Um, because of he got he got a knee. Like listen, man. But he got like, a knee issue though. There's there's a I, reason why they're low management. I get it. But we twenty. Once we get past twenty five games, past Christmas, then I get it. I get it at that point. But come on, man. Like, but you actually want to do it early, though. You want to do it earlier in the season as opposed to late when things really tightened up. So if you yeah. want a low manager, you probably want to low manage them early in the season, and then after the de- December when you get through the stretch, not low manager. So this is so, actually the time to do it. We talked about um, people comparing him to LeBron James uh, and asking who the best player in the league is at the moment, and I think you and I both said unequivocally LeBron James LeBron just isn't what he was and I know he's put up some monster triple doubles uh the past couple games so is Luka Doncic by the way yeah. but um Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the game and I, I really don't think it's close uh that that's not to that's nothing on LeBron's legacy um but Kawhi as far as total package Kawhi's in his prime uh, is well, there I, really a debate about this no nah, I don't I mean I don't think so I mean I think that anybody that watched Kawhi watch what he does and watch has watched him over the past what three years besides for the one injury so two years uh, he's been becoming a dominant force he's the best two-way player in the game game hands down when he first came in the league he was a dominant defender like off top and now he's developed his offensive game to be just as good as his defensive game and even if LeBron, LeBron's not even trying to be on that level anymore. You know what I mean? Like, he's had his time. He wants AD to be the player on the Lakers. He, he'll he take over, but you can tell he's taking the back seat because he wants to extend his time. So, I mean, I can understand what LeBron's doing, but if you're talking about the best overall player in the NBA, there's no question that's Kawhi Leonard because at the end of the day, this argument always comes down to who can do it on both ends. And there's nobody that has done it on the level of a Kawhi Leonard for probably the past four years Except for like Jordan, <laughs> I mean well, his his impact what, on offense and defense is crazy. What now? That brings me to, my, to a great point. Now the comparisons to Michael Jordan are coming out. Um, you know, and first I was like, ah, listen, 
It's a little silly. But now, I look at it, I watch him play, and the way he controls the game from a defensive and an offensive standpoint reminds me a lot of not that late 90s Mike or not even athletic 80s Mike, right? Like Michael Jordan went through probably three different versions of himself, four different yeah. versions of himself. You know, you had the 80s athletic freak. But Kawhi reminds me of that early 90s, you know, 91, that first three-peat Michael that kind of do what he wants when he wants, and he's at the peak of his powers right now. And I don't think the comparison is crazy. Um, if Kawhi wins a ring this year, let's, 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 I'm, he, there's no, he's better than Jordan talk, right? But where no. does that vault him for, because I'd say, I already say he's probably in the top 25 already. Would you say that? Fuck yeah. I mean, he just brought the Raptors a championship. <laughs> I mean, so, so I mean, go Here's ahead. what I'm going to ask you, because I know you're a Kobe lover. I mm-hmm. think Kawhi is better than Kobe. Me too. I just don't think his resume compares. Right now, okay. uh, I'm, so, all, I'm saying if I'm looking at it, I would say I think Kawhi is going to end up being better than Kobe overall. But as of right now, his resume it's close even right now because if you get the first three rings in his career, what they've done, he's already on that level, probably ahead of where Kobe was. But you can't say he's better than Kobe now because of Kobe's full resume. But he's definitely on that trajectory. Right. It, it, yeah, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I, I don't think that, yeah, his place in history is better than Kobe Bryant's right now. Now, you and I have have different values of where Kobe is. I think Kobe's back half top end. You think he's first half top in, top 10. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't. I and I've said before, and I'll say it again. I think if anybody gets booted out of the top ten, it's going to be Kobe. Um, uh, I just don't see and, how you say that. We've had this conversation, but Kobe's resume is ridiculous. Like he has yeah. one of the best resumes. But if best. we're already talking about cats who are going to be better than him, you know how long I, I still haven't seen. No, we're not talking. About, we're not talking about cats. There's only two cats: It's LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard. That's it. Who else better, is put? Who who else is on the trajectory to be better than Kobe? I mean, there's already people better than Kobe. No, I, I'm you talking about young people or people that? Oh no, young guys. I mean, I th- as we said, Kawhi I think is better than Kobe. Yeah, I said Kawhi I, I think, and LeBron. I That's think, it. yeah, I, I, you can't put Steph there. Um, KD is probably someone, depending on where that goes. Probably take KD. He got it. He, he can't do it until he leaves his own team. That was a knock on Kobe. The knock on Kobe is he didn't lead his own team. I'll give you that. Um, but all I'm saying is these these comparisons to Michael Jordan, and still, I still realize people don't, young people don't understand, man. Y'all don't realize how good Michael Jordan was. And, you know, if you think LeBron James is the best of all time, cool, whatever. I get it. You're wrong. But, uh, you <laughs> know, wrong. I say LeBron is number two, but... I, I, I don't think people understand and realize how good Michael Jordan really, truly was. And the fact that we're talking about Kawhi Leonard in this breath, I mean, that's that, that's pretty insane. Yeah, man. And um, the thing about it is I think that Kawhi Leonard has the closest game to Jordan. And I mean, the mid-range. Yeah. The, really. The, the play at your own place. You know, that, he's. He's not the high flyer that he was, but yeah, but that the actual game of basketball, like I said, if you go through and watch that 90s, early 90s Michael Jordan and today's Kawhi Leonard, I mean, the way they're so big and physical and dominant, I mean, it's it's true. And no one was saying this about Kawhi Leonard three years ago. Yeah. I never thought that we'd be talking about Kawhi Leonard in this in this way. I mean, I didn't I didn't think it was crazy just because his defense was so good. They were saying they were comparing his defense to 
Jordan early. It was just his offensive game hadn't stepped up, you know. Now that his offensive game has met his defensive game, I mean, if you watch him play, I'm telling you, like, I used to say Kobe had the closest game to Jordan, but Kawhi does. And it's just that quiet. Now, I'm talking about Kobe, the late. Go ahead. Kobe had the closest offensive game. I mean, Kobe was never, ever, ever. I know he made a ton of all defensive teams, but that was on name at some point because I don't know. Kobe he was, was never the defender that Michael was. No, he wasn't, but he tried. He probably gave better effort than most star players. Like he wanted to oh, guard I'll give you Iverson. That. He wanted. But I mean, Kobe he wasn't was never a lockdown defender. Let, let's let's uh, not get that twisted. I don't know, man. He wasn't bad. I mean, he's playing against some good players. I mean, you know what I mean? He wasn't. He wasn't Jordan. I'm not saying he was Jordan. I'm not saying he was Pippen. But you can't also say he wasn't a lockdown defender. He was a lockdown defender. But uh, I mean, if Iverson gave you 28, I mean, you did good. Yeah, I mean, because he was going against the the the, the T Max of the world, people who were yeah, scoring. There were some place. elite offensive players in the '90s. I mean, some elite, efficient offensive players in the '90s. I just like Kawhi, like you said. It's it's more than about you know just saying that hey, Kawhi is better than Jordan or anything like that. It's how they control the game. It's how they dictate the game. How they get other people involved. How just that simple you know pull up. It doesn't matter. All the analytics tell you that a mid-range jumper is an inefficient shot. That's only if you can't shoot. If you yep. can, it's still a high percentage shot. If you can get to your spot every single time, that's the one thing that I, that I loved about Kobe. That's the one thing that I love about Kawhi. Nobody is stopping him. I don't care how good of a defender you are from getting to his spot every time. And when he really needs a bucket, you put the ball in his hands. He can be low-key. You might have 15 points, might even know, not, not even know he's in the game. But in that fourth quarter, when it becomes winning time, he takes it to a whole nother level when he's tired. I, I just love Kawhi's game, and I didn't and like him what? at first. That's the thing that that drives me crazy with analytics, like that tells you that two points is a bad shot, or two points is a bad shot. Which is just if you go back throughout history, Michael Jordan, what his highest scoring season, he averaged thirty five points a game. Kobe hit thirty five a game. T Mac hit thirty five a game or close to it. Uh, the difference between him. Are those guys and like guy like James Harden is those cats did not shoot threes. I mean, not I mean, you know what T-Mac I mean. Like did. not they didn't depend on three. It was a mid. Allen T- Iverson T-Mac. couldn't shoot threes. T Mac depended on threes. T Mac shot a lot of fucking threes. Yeah, but but Iverson couldn't shoot threes. Dwayne Wade couldn't shoot threes. I mean, these were mid range games, mid mid range guys who um, are some of the best of all time. And you know, it's like you said, being able to get a bucket whenever you need it. So don't tell me the mid range, you know, game is, or the mid range shot is a bad shot when you can shoot as efficiently as you know a Kawhi Leonard, a Michael Jordan, whomever. Um, you know, I want to do uh, I want to do a little little session of contenders, pretenders, because when you look at these rankings, you got some surprises in the top that we didn't think were gonna be good. Well, I don't, I wouldn't say that. Like Phoenix and Miami. Who do you think? Out of some of these surprise teams that are doing well are contenders, and who do you think are pretenders? Well, if you want to talk about surprise teams, um, I you know I don't really know what to make of the East Coast yet. I think that uh, the East Coast, the the Eastern Conference may be worse than I thought. Um, but when you talk about the Western Conference, I don't think the Suns are a playoff team. I just don't. I think that they, I think that they'll they'll mess around, be the tenth, eleventh best seed. Um, but you know, I, I don't think they're contenders. I don't think Dallas is a contender. I think they'll make the playoffs, but they're not contenders. Um, what don't Minnesota, you like about the Suns team? That's the only, I, out, of, out of all three of those teams you just mentioned, I want to know what don't you like about the Suns team? 
I think it's just experience. Um, you know, do I do I trust this team to to stay on this role? Because I, I actually like the system that they're in. I like Monty Williams as a coach. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that Devin Booker actually has a real point guard and Ricky Rubio to play with. It's gonna come down to health for Ricky Rubio. Um, I like I love Kelly Oubre. I love Kelly Oubre on this team. I like Aiton. I mean, I, I like everything that we talked about. We talked about Frank Kaminsky being a perfect ad. Um, we've talked about them actually having a bench now. I like it, but it's just there's not a ton of experience on that team. And, and even Monty Williams. I mean, he took those teams in New Orleans to the playoffs a couple times. But, you know, is there anybody on this team that's as good as a, a, a Chris Paul or a, a, a David West who you had in New Orleans? I'm not. I'm not so sure. Well, the one thing that I would say is Rubio does have the experience. I mean, Utah last year or the last two years was his first playoff experience, but I think that's good for him to bring. He looks a lot calmer. He's better at controlling that offense, and I just like everything about this team. I don't see any reason why this team can't be good and couldn't be a playoff team because I'm not a full believer in a lot of these teams in the Western Conference, especially at the bottom half. Uh they're very, very balanced. That's the one thing I liked about the Suns. We talked about it in the, that in the preseason is that they have a lot of balance, and a lot of teams are missing it. They have a point guard. They have a scorer and Devin Booker, which having a pure point guard also frees him up to be the scorer and then be the secondary point guard in the second unit and be a playmaker. Um, they don't even have Aiton right now, and they're still looking good with Ubre providing that energy, Sark just kind of doing everything, and then you've got like you, your boy Comiskey. Comiskey's looked great this season. They they have a lot of versatility. They play good defense. They play hard. They run the floor, and they have the outside shooting. The only thing that could you know knock them is when they really start going under those screens and forcing Rubio to take a lot of those outside shots. That's when I think they may struggle. But if you get Aiton in there, um, he's missing the first 25 games. I don't see why this team could not make the playoffs. This team looks really good. They play hard, and they're really balanced. So would you say that the West isn't as good as we thought it was going to be, or what? Because the back half of the West looks – I mean, and I, I mean that from probably like seven down. They look bad. Real. I mean, we know the Warriors. Warriors probably going to get a top five pick this year, and I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if – nagging injury keeps a lot a lot of these vets out we've already seen it with draymond green um i was in full tank mode Um, yeah i think think they're going to one thing that people uh, forget about the warriors is how the warriors built their team i mean that's a smart organization um they're they were doing kind of what the Sixers were doing they were just doing it smarter um just touch on the warriors real quick uh people are gonna laugh what the warriors doing this year how, this is how they built their team. They built their team on playing young guys, taking chances on a lot of young guys that were kind of, you know, thrown away by the league, putting them out there, just seeing what they got, testing them, building up their value, and then trading them. Uh, that's what they're doing now. I mean, Steph is out. He just broke his hand. That was the end. Now Draymond has some kind of muscle injury. He's out. Um, D'Angelo Russell is the only one on that team. They got a bunch of young draft picks that they got out there playing hard. Those dudes play hard, and they're developing in the system. This is going to be a red shirt year. This is what I thought was, might happen. I thought this might end up being a red shirt building year. So when they do get their players back next year, they're going to have a bunch of role players that have been through the fire. And if you can get, if you can somehow get in that top three to get a Wiseman on that team, or you know a top three pick, and you add that to Steph Curry coming back, Clay coming back, D'Angelo Russell, Draymond Green. I mean, they could be on to something. You could be seeing have them you, building a dynasty again. Have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, the last eight games that the Warriors played, they've Kevin Durant 
goes out with uh, an Achilles tear. Uh, Clay Thompson <laughs> in the same series tears his ACL. Steph Curry breaks his hand. I mean, have you ever seen luck like this? I've heard some people joke that it's the curse of Oakland. Um, you know, putting that putting yeah. that juju on them since they they crossed the bridge. I've never seen anything like this, man. You touch the floor, you liable to be missing the next season. Well, they say something about karma in life, man. They say you can only have so much good luck, and it's gonna reverse at some point. You gotta pay that debt. <laughs> I don't know who charged it, but that they had a that run. They had a ridiculous run. With not a lot of injuries. The only injury they had was the time that they got upset by uh, Cleveland when Steph... No, I think that was before. When Steph Curry had the ankle injury, he still came back to the finals. Yep. But they had no major injuries doing a ridiculous historical stretch. And, but, and they also ran to the fortune of running into teams with injuries yeah, through the Western yeah. Conference. Chris Paul getting hurt. Mike um, Conley getting hurt the year before. I mean, they, year, they Kyrie th- and Love got hurt. What? Well, and Kyrie and Kevin Love got hurt. Uh, Kawhi got hurt, you know, so they, they, they went through and maybe that's what they're paying for is all them injuries. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, you know, who that, knows? The bill comes due at some point. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I'm curious to see what happens to the Warriors. I mean, we can officially write them off, cross them out. The, the, the Warriors are done for the year. Um, yeah, but no I need to pay I still, attention to them. I still like what they're doing. Cause this, I think this gives everybody a chance for a fresh start because even though Steve Kerr was winning those championships, who always, Hey, Mark Jackson built that team. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Which I never agreed with that narrative. Yeah, but now it gives him a chance to build and to coach these players up. And what I'm seeing, I'm watching them, and they're getting beat, but these kids are playing hard. Um, Jordan Poole, um, Damian Lee. If One thing you got to realize about the Warriors is they've had a lot of people come through their system that have been productive in the league. They were just so good, those players couldn't make the roster. I mean, the latest one you're seeing on the Miami Heat is Kendrick Nunn. He was in the Warriors D-League squad, G-League squad, tearing it up. He was the MVP of the league. You've seen players like Kent Bazemore, Seth Curry went through there. He turned, he became a whole new player when he left there, and he went to Dallas. Um, uh, who was the other one? Uh, Jeremy Lin went through that system. Harrison been, Barnes. Harrison Barnes. There's been so many people that have went through that development system and went to other teams and became a factor. JaVale McGee changed his career. You know what I mean? They do coach, and they do develop talent. So I wouldn't sleep on, no, they're not going to be competitive this year, but they're also building role players for next year when they get that team back together. And you, they already found one in Eric Pascal, who's built just like Draymond Green coming from, uh, what is it? It's not Providence. What's the team that's been winning the championships? Uh, uh, Kyle Larry. You know I don't like college basketball. Yeah, yeah, you ain't no help. Now, but, with that said, college basketball kicking off this weekend, and that's going to be the last time I say it. I pretend I care about that till March. <laughs> So, well, I, what do you think about the Heat, man? The Heat are five and one right now. They had they they played. I mean, they beat the Rockets. They beat the uh, who else? They beat. They had a pretty decent schedule. It hadn't been like they've just been playing lightweights. But um, what do you what do you think about that team? You know, honestly, I don't think about them. Uh, <laughs> I I try not to watch Heat games. You know, no, I'm just kidding. They 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 have looked really good. Um, and none has been a a, a great addition for them. Even. You know, Jimmy Butler with the with the birth of his first child missed the first couple games, and um, I was curious to see how they're going to fit him in. But moving Harold to the bench, who Harold looks good, and we can talk about you know that Miami system and and the but the difference between Fitz and the guy like Spo Spo is a fantastic coach. Fitz is a terrible coach. Fitz is probably <laughs> a really good assistant, but yeah. he cannot replicate what Pat Riley and Eric Spolster have put in place down in Miami. And, you know, we kind of talked about it last week is that Miami understands when they have a star, 
right? Yeah. They, they're going to let him play. They're going to let him cook. They're going to let him shoot. They're going to let him make mistakes. And Fitz hasn't really figured that part out yet. So oh, he's uh, trying, and now y'all complaining. He's trying to let RJ just rock. You know what I'm saying? Now y'all said he played too many minutes, man. What you want from the man? <laughs> I, I don't know. I I don't think Fitz is the head coach, but I like what Miami's doing. And and the East has surprised me. Um, you and I talked about Atlanta before Trey Trey Young got hurt, but it looks like he avoided a serious injury. He'll be back tomorrow. Um, Detroit stinks, uh, and they're not healthy. Um, but you know, but so Andre John Drummond has looked like the MVP of the league. Andre Drummond looks like Shaq. Uh, <laughs> Tom, he's doing everything, man. Yeah, so uh, that's that's been pretty impressive. Um, you know, contenders in the East, I don't really know. Uh, I, I like Philadelphia. I really like Philadelphia. Um, and now seeing how hard it is to score against them, we knew they were going to be a big defensive team coming in. But, I mean, they Philadelphia is really good. I'm a little dubious. And I'm not as high on Milwaukee as I was to start the season. Yeah. I just think they need something else. Eric Bledsoe, not good. George Hill, not good. If Chris Middleton is your second best player, you're not winning the title. They and, need somebody and, that can create their own shot. That's they, my problem. We talked about it. If they could figure out a way to get Chris Paul, um, that would be a perfect addition for them. Even if it's even if it's a two year rental, whatever it is, gunning for it. But they need something because they they've got some issues. I mean, Giannis is great, but that is not a championship team. Yeah, I don't. I don't love that Milwaukee team. I don't. I think that it's easy to catch up and figure out some things that give them trouble. Uh, NBA is real good about um, seeing seeing things that give you trouble in the playoffs and then mimicking that the next year. Um, they're making it. I mean, Giannis is still doing his thing, but they're making it a little bit tougher for him. And even though he is getting his, he's making it harder for other people to get theirs. Also, I don't love this Milwaukee team. They might figure it out. Uh, they have a lot of talent. They're they're still long. They're still good defensively, so that helps. I like this Philly team. I mean, once they really get serious, Ben still has some of the same problems that we saw last year. That's the only thing I don't like about him. He's still showing some of those same problems. I don't love their outside shooting, but they're so big that it's hard to defend them. I'm not Miami, sure this that Ben Simmons is a fit for for this team either. or this like I think if you put Ben Simmons in New Orleans and you put Lonzo Ball in in uh Philly, I think that's a great – I mean, obviously I wouldn't do that, but I like Lonzo better because he, he plays defense, but you have to respect Lonzo's shot. And you have to respect, you know, the fact that Lonzo can put up, you know, 10, 12 – he can hit free throw. Ben Simmons just offensively is a nothing uh, uh, from a scoring standpoint. Yeah, I outside like, threat. Yeah. I feel like Ben Simmons is is an open floor point guard. He's not that – I don't feel like he's a, a, a half-court point guard as much as they want him to be. I don't think that's his style. And maybe that that might not be Lonzo's style either, but I, I think that Ben Simmons is I, – I like him better in the open floor. Um, well, the, good, the good thing about that, though, is now by adding Josh Richardson and um, adding Al Horford in that starting lineup, he doesn't have to be. Like, he can be the guy that rebounds and runs the court – but Josh Richardson has a lot of experience playing point guard, as well as Al Horford has a lot of experience distributing the ball. Um, so he can add some different dynamics where you can exploit mismatches against Ben Simmons. So I think that's what's going to bring a different dynamic. A lot of these teams that we're talking about, it's still early in the season. They're still figuring it out. There's a lot of new players and a lot of new places. We're only six games in. You know what I mean? At one point in time, LeBron went to the Heat, and they were like, 
six and twelve or something like that. Right. So I mean, you got to give a lot of these players time to figure it out with their new teams. But I think a lot of the issues that Philly had last year with Ben Simmons that'll be fixed with the addition of Josh Richardson and Al Horford because they're pretty good at distributing the ball and they can take Ben off the ball in the half court set and let him run in the full court. Um, with Miami, Miami is funny because they actually got better by subtraction. Um, I, li- I listened to a, a Pat Riley interview, and what he talked about is they've gotten away from the Miami Heat way. Um, a lot of reason why Miami doesn't get free agents is because of their little body fat thing. Like, that's being in shape, and then they call it being in Miami Heat shape. You got to be at a certain body fat, a certain weight, and they paid all those mediocre players like James Johnson and Dion Waiters with bad attitudes, Hassan Whiteside, and they weren't they weren't being strict to that. Well, this offseason, they got back to that. That's why Deion Waiters got suspended. That's why Josh James Johnson hadn't been a part of the team because they didn't make weight. But you see, when everybody's in the shape that they need to really run that Spo system, that system can be very, very dangerous. And they've looked good without the players that they had last year. I don't know if they can keep it up. I still have have some concerns about their scoring. But they're, they've been defending at an elite level, and they were doing that without Jimmy Butler. Add Jimmy Butler back. We still hadn't seen the full Heat roster together this season with Jimmy Butler, Justice Winslow, Kendrick Nunn, all on the same court together defending and running. But I like the depth. I think this team will finish about um, four or five seed, somewhere in there. What do you think about your Brooklyn Nets? What you doing that face for? Who's better? I mean, you just said the East is worse than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I... – I'm I'm in wait and see mode on Miami. Um, Name five Bro- teams right now that you like better than Miami in the East. All of them. <laughs> That's just hate right there. I knew you were gonna like the Magic before the season was over. Nah. <laughs> so Brooklyn. I'm out on Kyrie. <laughs> I told you, man. I told you. Cancer. I mean, we, we've been we've been on the same page about this. Like you got a cat that's scoring fifty points and they losing. You got so many young dudes that you got to develop there. Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, um, and, you know, Kenny Atkinson sitting around digging in his ears and eating the, the, the earwax or whatever because he's trying to figure out how to not pull his, ear, his, his hair out because he had a good thing going, a great system that he had built there. And Kyrie, man, and you've already seen stories come out about, yo, this dude's mood swings are a real bummer on the rest of us. Um Listen, Kyrie's a phenomenal player, and you hear that he hangs out with Kobe Bryant and <laughs> Mamba mentality. That Mamba mentality is a cancer, man. Yeah, um, because that Mamba, that Mamba mentality doesn't work off the court, but it, that the Mamba mentality takes over everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but I would I would not want to play with Kyrie. I would not want to coach Kyrie. I would not want to be a fan of Kyrie. Um, I I don't think the Nets. I think they make the playoffs, probably back in, and you know. They they need Kevin Durant um, because I think it's going to come down to a situation where at some point these young dudes aren't going to develop or they're going to get tired of Kyrie's shit. You know what I mean? Because Karis LeVert is a is a, a do it all guy. Um, you know Spencer Dinwiddie probably not a starting point guard, but he is a very good guard off the bench. But I, I don't know that's worth it, man. Putting up with Kyrie and that headache for me, I would have passed. But if that's the price of getting Kevin Durant, you kind of got to roll the dice. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, next year when Kevin Durant comes back, they make the playoffs. I just, I, mean, I just don't believe. I told you that early in week one that I just, I thought that this was going to be a cancerous addition for what they were building. Because even though you had D'Lo, D'Lo would take a back seat to let he's other coachable. people shine. Yeah, he's coachable. He he's gonna get his, 
But there was several nights where D'Lo would have seven, six points because he just, you know, deferred to Spencer Dinwiddie and just let him do whatever. Several nights where he just let Cars LeVert handle the ball and he played off the ball. Kyrie needs the ball in his hands at all times. He feels like that he that they're a better team when he has the ball in his hands and he's taking all the shots. Stand around watching them. Watching. You know, playing ISO ball. And we've, we've seen that that's not today's NBA. ISO ball is going to lose you a game every single time. Uh, now, Joe Harris isn't involved in the offense. Karooks, right. they're not. All these players that looked good last year, they're not even affected this year. Now you see players like DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen more effective because, shit, they're rebounding all these misses. Yep. Now, uh, I'm not going to take anything away. Kyrie has been good. I mean, he's been good individually, but that's the problem. But that's not I, that's not team winning basketball. And he's not going to keep that up all season. We've shown it's shown that his body cannot handle that. His knees cannot handle that amount of volume. So he's putting all that volume. And I don't know shit. Maybe excuse me. Maybe when he gets hurt, they get better. But then when he's hurt, he's still walking around being a cancer with the lock in the locker room. That's what happened in Boston. Yep. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I just don't like this Nets team. I don't like Detroit. Before we get out of here. I want to just say real quick, Houston better play some damn defense. Uh, and I get it's a new thing with him and Russell Westbrook down there, but uh, they better play some damn defense or they're going to get run out of gym a couple of these nights because uh, you can't Miami, be letting I mean, Miami had like It was like Miami had like 56 to 12 or <laughs> some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like what, <laughs> what What's happening? You you guys get they gave up one fifty or one sixty to somebody a couple nights ago. They got blown. They got run off the floor last night by Miami. And you know, we talked about Miami's not exactly an offensive juggernaut, but you know, and that's not to say they can't blow anybody out. But you getting whooped like that? Yeah. Come on, man. Like Houston, you better if if this is the title contender and this is your year, y'all better play some damn defense down there, or you're gonna get mopped up. You're gonna get run run off the court um, by by. Some of these young, like like Portland and uh, uh, Denver, them guys are gonna run you off the court in playoffs. This how you looking? Let's say that this whole experiment with Russell Westbrook fails and their defense is just porous the whole season. Does that say that Chris Paul was right in the things that he was saying when he was there? I mean, probably. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but know? then again, they play well without Chris Paul when he got hurt. I think it's just early. I think they'll figure it out. Uh, I think they're still figuring each other. I just can't see how this doesn't work in Houston because there's no way that Russell Westbrook is that much worse than Chris Paul. I just think this is an adjustment period. Well, Houston's one of those teams where I think we're going to have to take a wait-and-see approach. It's still too early, and they'll figure it out. Because they started off slow last season, too, and then James Harden started cooking and averaging 87 points a game. So Now, that's true. They were like the 14th <laughs> seed for, you know, almost till damn near Christmas. Yeah, and then they really turned it on. So, I mean, maybe they just... They just got to find out what works for them. Um, I I don't know about the whole supporting class, uh, supporting cast. Uh, Clint Capella still looks lost. <laughs> I mean, past two seasons, he just, I don't know what's wrong with him. For some, Somehow he's gotten lost in the offense, and he doesn't even rebound anymore. So yeah. I guess it's the focus on taking away the alley-oop and forcing James Harden to just finish at the rim. Maybe the key to it is, shit, let James Harden score 50 and take everybody else away. I don't, I don't really know. But James Harden is still getting his, but they don't look great. And then lastly, before we go, the Lakers look damn good, man. I, I, you know, they, they took the first loss of the season to uh, the Clippers on opening night. Since then, they've been rolling. Dwight Howard's putting up double-doubles like it's, you know, 2011. 
LeBron just putting up monster numbers. Um, they they still need a point guard to me. Yeah. Someone who can who can shoot the ball, get their own shot. This I don't like the dump it down to Anthony Davis to see what he does type of deal. Maybe once Kuzma comes back, they they need shooting like nobody's business. Quinn Cook is not prime time. Kuzma can shoot, but he's not a shooter. Um, I, I think at some point that they, they, they're going to have to get some shooting. And Avery Bradley, can we stop? Can we stop with Avery Bradley? And I keep hearing people like, oh, you know, he's been that, that versatile defender. No, he hasn't. The Avery piece. Bradley stinks. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, man. I, that's that's one thing I said about the Lakers. I hated on the Lakers a lot in the offseason. Even early, I was a big hater of the Lakers. But one thing that I've been note that I noticed early in the season um, that we talked about last week, but we had the technical difficulties, is that their size is a problem. It I mean, really even is. even without the shooting, it's very hard to match up with them because Anthony Davis is so versatile. So when they do do lineups where he wants to play power forward and you put JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard in there with Anthony Davis, then that's not your traditional twin towers because you have Anthony Davis breaking down the help side up top. Now you literally got JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard down there playing one-on-one with some of these lighter centers. It's not like you still have the Shaqs back in the day. So JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard just dumping it down, playing these high-low games is just giving teams nightmares. Now, the one thing I did say about the Lakers, and I still fully believe is, Anthony Davis has had like five scares in six games yeah. of getting hurt. And once that, once he gets hurt, it changes the dynamic. The question oh, is, over. yeah, the question is, how, well, does he get hurt? Does he get the five-game injury? Or does he get the 25-game injury? Right. That's the wild card with Anthony Davis that you never know about, and that's going to be the biggest thing for this Lakers team. At that point in time, LeBron will kick it in, but I don't know without Anthony Davis – this team is worse than last year. You literally need Anthony Davis. That's my problem with this team. It's always been my problem with this team. For this team to be successful, you need Anthony Davis to be in the 75-game range and you need LeBron James to be in the 75-game range. If any of those two players miss extended time, that team looks a lot different. I agree. Um, that's what I got, man. Uh, for those of y'all who knew the show, we're going to talk football, but... The, the the dinner and dessert is always going to be basketball, but as the NFL season you know starts to head towards that playoff race, of course we're going to give it some love. Um, we're trying to get a couple new podcasts out to you to where we give you some different content. Um, got a lot going on. Too Smart Network. Um, you can start seeing this on on our YouTube pages. We're really trying to build something special for you guys here, so we appreciate the support. Um, you know, and there's always ways to reach us. Baby, hit them with that email address. You can always email us at smartdummies2 at gmail.com. Find us on our on YouTube, 2, the number 2, Smart Network. You search 2 Smart Network. You can find all our YouTube clips. Any You can find this podcast on any site where podcasts are available. Just search 2 Smart Network. And that's it. We got a web, we're working on a web page, trying to get all our content in one spot so we don't have to send y'all to seven different places to find yep. it. But, yeah, man, if you guys have any suggestions, you can always leave comments on our Instagram page. We have two pages. We have the Two Smart Dummies page, and we also have the Two Smart Network, both of them with the number two, Smart Dummy Smart Network. Two Smart Dummies, Two Smart Network. That's it. That's all, y'all. Peace. Peace.